Welcome to the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Ursula Lang and Dr. Brianne Daniels. Our mission is to support, nurture, and re-inspire STEM professional women to reclaim their lives and flourish. And the way we do this is through community building, shared experiences, and coaching tools. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, We're here on the podcast this week in the second week of December, and we are talking about love this week. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Brianne Daniels. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Ursula Lang, and we're so excited to talk to you about love. And it's a particularly apropos topic um, going into sort of a holiday season um, in whatever capacity you celebrate the holidays. And a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves facing this time of year with a lot of excitement and a lot of feelings of love, but then there can also be some amount of strain um, sometimes when we think about our relationships and sometimes depending on, you know, who you're going to be seeing over the holidays, depending on which parts of your family or other people that you're going to interact with, um, what your relationships are with them. So we thought this would be a, a good topic to touch on. Uh, for this time of year. And uh, I'm here with Dr. Ursula Lang, as I mentioned before, and we're um, super excited, sorry, tongue-tied to get get going. So I first wanted to just touch real briefly on our overarching sort of theme of the month, which is scarcity versus abundance mindset. And so I thought I would just ask Ursula real quick to give sort of her impression or definition of what a scarcity mindset is as opposed to an abundance mindset. Wonderful. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to almost the holidays for us over here. And yeah, so thanks, Brie, for getting us started. Um, So scarcity, oh my goodness. So what is the definition? So I just Googled it earlier before we got started. And by Google's definition, it's the state of being scarce or in short supply. So a short supply of something, right? So when you think about supply and demand, when something is, we think about as being scarce, it's something we're trying to grasp onto, but can't quite get enough of. And, you know, so that's what I think about with scarcity Um, and abundance, on the other hand, is a very large quantity of something. So we're not grasping. We can relax. We have enough of it. If anything, we have so much of it. We're just kind of swimming in it. How lovely would that be to be swimming in love (laughs) versus grasping for love? And there's only so much to that, so much of the pie to go around. So that would be, those would be my definitions. I love it. (laughs) That's great. Um, so yeah, so I think we even might've touched on this a little bit in the previous podcast talking about time, right? Cause again, we have this over, sort of overarching theme of scarcity and abundance, but, um, it could also be, you know, as simple as, you know, the statement of there's not enough love or, um, there is plenty of love. Um, and so those kind of, uh, thought statements can be really interesting to, to notice in ourselves from a kind of a self-awareness standpoint as well. Um, so the next point I just wanted to touch on briefly is that, you know, I think love as a topic is obviously it's very large. It can be quite nebulous depending on which direction you're coming at it from. Um, I think right now we're going to be discussing it to some extent, um, in our relationships and then also in terms of our relationship with ourselves, um, which can be a really helpful place to start, especially if you're, um, 
perhaps, you know, wondering if you could have more love in your life, or maybe you think sometimes thoughts that are like, there isn't enough love in the world. Um, and then also just to point out that um, we're kind of discussing the space in between, not necessarily the extremes of love. Obviously, there, there can be some pretty extreme examples in either direction of, of abundance of love or scarcity of love. And so for this conversation right now on this podcast, we're kind of in that middle space in, in everyday relationships. Yeah, um, I think that's great too. Just can I say one second? Yeah, one thing go when for you it. said yeah. an abundance and how much how can you have too much love? Uh sometimes I think of of like the fairy tale books of like, and then they kissed and then they they floated <laughs> off into this, you know, cloud of love forever to be, you know, perfectly in love. And so I think some of us have these fantasy ideas of that being hundred oh percent love of yes. like, we're always happy, right. As if love has to look happy. And I think that's one thing that I, if, you know, there's a, there's a few take-home points we have for you, but one of them, especially for me is to recognize that sometimes love isn't happy. Sometimes love can look like sadness and allowing for sadness. So love is something that is a constant. I think throughout all the emotions is like you how what would love want right now? And sometimes that it's not just dancing off into the clouds with a relationship. Sometimes that can be look like maybe a little distance, maybe a little bit myself time. Maybe I do need to feel mad or sad right now. And that then that's okay too. So I want to make that distinction when we say like the extremes, we're we're just basically trying to dissuade anyone from having fantasy ideas about what love is supposed to look like based on what society and, and our ch- children's storybooks from the seventies have told us love should look like. Or, oh my gosh, that's such a good point. <laughs> yes. Especially since, well, at least I have a, a daughter that sometimes watches Disney movies that maybe depict love in those sort of extremes. Yes, exactly. Um, um, yeah. And like the other little point I just wanted to add to what you were just saying there is that sometimes, yeah, love, love isn't, isn't going to look bright and warm and all of the things that sometimes we have depicted in our minds. And sometimes it could look like letting go or losing or sadness. And that's just such a good point, Ursula. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so kind of shifting a little bit on this topic of, of love, we thought we'd discuss a little bit the concept of lovability and basically the fact that we are all 100% lovable from the moment we're born or, or you know, wh- whatever concept of, of, of your existence you use, you know, um, we're all 100% lovable all the time from that moment forever, really, right? You could, you could use a concept of forever, or if you have a concept of, of life beginning and ending, you can use it that way as well. Um, and that's a really useful concept to, to just start to chew on and think about. Um, if for some reason that doesn't, doesn't sit with you, it might be interesting to, to get curious and sort of ask, oh, I wonder, I wonder why, I wonder why that concept doesn't, doesn't align for me. Um, and then, Kind of playing on that additionally, the concept of lovability being a strength that we all have, and it's our our strength and ability to love ourselves or other people. And um, so Ursula, I actually thought you you brought up a really great point when we were talking earlier um, about the concept of lovability and how kind of we can see our own concept of our ability to love ourselves or others, but also maybe others' ability to love us 
and how those things could be different. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to put it, um, that we all have this innate, like, it's as if, you know, no one can dispute, I have brown hair. It's like undisputable that I'm 100% lovable, as is everyone else, actually. Um, And it's my ability, my skill in creating the feeling of love within me that I get to work on. So I may not be, some people may not be as good at loving others or or creating that love feeling within themselves, it means nothing about the people themselves um, in terms of being lovable, like having that quality. And I think in some ways, um, maybe the feeling of worthiness is sort of closely tied to that. And, you know, we're all hundred percent worthy and worthy of being loved, but a person's ability to, to practice the art of loving somebody, it could, could sometimes use some, some work, work, working on. Right. (laughs) Right. And all of us, right. Like, you know, I definitely work on it every day. (laughs) Um, and, and I think, you know, it's just, it's just useful as a concept to kind of point out to ourselves to become aware of where are, where do we have the strength of of ability to love ourselves or others and where maybe are we not utilizing that strength as much? Um, and that can be kind of an interesting exercise, you know, if, if you are near paper or anything to write down, um, <laughs> you know, you could, you could kind of write down, okay, what, how, how would, how would I say my strength, you know, from one to 10 in my ability to love myself is, and you could, you could play with that and like, start to see like, do I, do I think of myself as being strong as at loving myself? Or is that something maybe I have space to work with? And that kind of, in some way, segues into a, kind of another topic in love, right? Which is our relationship with ourself or our own self-love. And I know that this is something that's definitely touched on in all kinds of different, you know, books and trainings and resources and research. But um, we're going to touch on it in a little bit of a sort of higher view. Um so one way, you know, you can think about the concept of self-love is sort of that, that inner talk that you might have with yourself. And so I think, Urs, you, you brought up another a nice point um, in that you were talking about that would be kind of how would a best friend talk to you in a loving way? Um, can you expand on that yeah. just a little bit? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think that sometimes, like, um, it's just harder to see the self-talk um objectively and when we're when we're in it right where we're like swimming in the pool of our own you know um constant thread of self-talk uh so sometimes just what i would do is just really think about what would in the situation what would a best friend say to me or if this was happening if a situation was happening to my best friend what would i say to her and sort of practicing that from like a third third person point of view just removes it enough where we can see it just slightly more objectively. And of course, what a coach does is do that hundred percent for you. Um, <laughs> right. so, but, but as like your own self-coaching practice, if that is something you take, you know, partake in uh, writing down that kind of dialogue of inner self-talk and looking at it from a point of view of like, if this was a friend of mine, would I continue to stay friends with this person? Or would this be a person I would probably try to distance myself from because they're not being very nice right now? Um, so that is kind of how I think about it. Um, and I also wanted to just uh, point out one more thing with respect to um, 
abundance versus scarcity of, um, of like that self-love. I think one thing that I worked on personally quite a bit as kind of a high achiever and sometimes a hyper achiever in my career has been, I like kind of this concept of um, scarcity with self-love in that I get it when I achieve something. And I think that some of our audience may relate to that, that I get to be nice to myself when I feel like I've accomplished. And so, so good. Right. Yeah. You know, just, yes. Yeah. So, and then, you know, being able to do the opposite, right. Or, you know, not even the opposite, but, but to be able to find the abundance kind of at all times, um, no matter what the circumstance around you is, is that sort of what you were getting at? Yes, exactly. Like the practice of feeling those feelings for yourself even when you might be laying on the couch, not being quote unquote productive, right? Mm -hmm. How can I still feel a hundred percent love for myself and proud of myself? And that ultimately, um, at least for me, practicing that in, in all situations just makes all the buffering that we do kind of less necessary, right? Because we're kind of able to feel the love for ourselves in, in all situations. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I just really briefly for anybody who's not familiar with that kind of terminology of buffering, it's kind of, it's all those things that we do to sort of avoid feeling our feelings. If, if that's going to be a way to (laughs) translate what I'm trying to say. Um, so sometimes for me, especially it could be like, yeah, it could be like finding a Netflix show that I'm watching, um, instead of, um, you know, addressing the fact that I'm I'm feeling disappointment about something, or sometimes it could be, you know, eating something, even though you're not hungry, just because you feel like, oh, it was a really stressful day. So sometimes it's these things that we do that maybe we don't really want to be doing, um, or we don't, they're not necessarily things that we um, intentionally would want for ourselves, but we end up finding ourselves doing so that we can avoid feelings of disappointment or you know, yeah. some and of those more. And sometimes it's just emotions. avoiding the feeling that I feel when I'm beating myself up, right? Yeah. Like if I have so <laughs> <That> much <too>. <laughs> negative self-talk about myself, I like will go to a bag of chips or a bowl of ice cream to, to have this false pleasure in my mind to avoid feeling the feelings of being beat up by myself, right? That like that's huge, right? essentially what I'm, you know, like by like taking out the variable of beating myself up and instead loving myself, there's less negative emotions essentially to, to deal with, even though there will always be negative emotions, like feeling disappointed that we didn't get some sort of, you know, like right. accomplishment exactly. at work or whatever that might be. You get to still be, feel disappointed, but on top of the disappointment to beat ourselves up is like, you know, doubly bad. Right. Right. Or it's, yeah, it's just, you know, it's destructive to ourselves in ways that are not as, as yeah, helpful. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, and then it's really good that you brought that up too, that, you know, self-love as a concept, um, really we get to, we get to feel the love when we feel love, right? So if that, whether that's directed to ourselves or towards other people, we actually get that loving feeling. Um, and that was actually a concept that I know it's probably, you know, obvious in a lot of ways, but it was kind of mind opening when I kind of started to really think about that. Right. Um, a lot of times we sort of think, oh, well, you know, our family members or our someone right close to us loves us. And that's why I feel love, but it's really, it's really, we feel the love in ourselves. 
Um, Because we're thinking thoughts about them that they love us, right? Like we think, oh, my mom loves me, so I feel loved. But we're thinking that. We're thinking that she loves us, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. We equally think she doesn't love us, and then we don't get to feel the love. And so that's just a useful additional thing to to add to this whole concept of self-love that we really get to generate it ourselves. Um, And that even, you know, I have to admit it was somewhat recently that I think that fully set in for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That we're like fully responsible for feeling love that no one can make us feel loved. We are actually fully in charge of that, which you're right. It's kind of this mind blowing concept, I think, because we're not taught that way. We're taught that if somebody does something nice to us, then we get to interpret that they love us versus what if we just get to decide that they love us regardless of what they do, or that we just decide that we want to have loving thoughts about them in order to feel love? Like how, what, how much of a superpower is it to just decide I'm going to love on purpose right now? (laughs) Right. Or I'm going to love more of the time or, you know, and can be, it could be even small adjustments. Right. And that's where I kind of found it really fascinating and useful <laughs> um, just to be like, Hey, you know, what, what if, what if I were to love myself anyway, in this situation, let's say of a disappointment or whatever, like, you know, something, something doesn't go through at work or, you know, didn't get the grant. Right. What if I choose to love myself anyway, that has been mind blowing for me just to say that one sentence. Um, what if I just love myself anyway? So I kind of wanted yeah, to make sure I that's so good. that as a potential exercise, if anybody is, you know, having moments, right. Which we all do, right. It's like life is pervaded by moments that are like challenging for various reasons. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. Everybody write that down. <laughs> Practice that thought. <laughs> I guess we should repeat it. What if I were to love myself anyway? that question, that thought. Okay. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too, too, too long, but the last couple of things we wanted to briefly, you know, kind of discuss in this, in this realm were that our first relationship is with ourselves essentially. And that when we work on that relationship and especially maybe that loving relationship with ourselves, a lot of times we start to see sort of a cascade effect, a kind of you know, I hate to call it like a positive effect because, you know, of course life is both positive and negative, but when we love ourselves more in our relationship with ourselves, it just starts to spread to relationships with others. And that might be sort of hard to grasp as a concept um, if you haven't experienced it, you know, firsthand, but it is something that's really interesting to notice um, about yourself. If you do try to do this work, um, yeah, it's almost like maybe those mirror neurons that we, we some, that we learned right. about recently could yeah. be starting to be triggered. Right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Mirror neurons for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, sorry, it, or was there anything else you wanted to add about mirror neurons? Were you going somewhere with that? Oh, that that's for another podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't want to cut you off. Yeah. So, you know, I think heading into the holidays and this time where, you know, a lot of times we can end up having thoughts about people in our lives that maybe they're going to be thoughts like, um, like they should be, doing X, Y, Z to show they love me, or 
you know, having expectations of other people sometimes in these times with holidays and everything, right. They can bring this kind of extra layer of, of strain to relationships, either with ourselves or with those other people. And so I just want to invite everybody to kind of um, play a little bit with this concept of, first of all, your 100% lovability at birth, um, as you are forever, worthiness, lovability, and then this strength or ability that you have within you to choose to love others or yourself as much as you want. There is no limit to love, right, that you can generate for yourself or in the world. Um, and maybe that sounds trite, but I think that it really is true. Um, there is no limit to love. We get to generate it ourselves. And that's Yay, our superpower. So much abundance. I love it. So good. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I hope everybody is doing really great. Uh, heading and I want to throw in one more little thing. It was your birthday oh, yeah. last week, Bree. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so sending you lots of birthday love. I hope it was amazing. I'm sure it was. Yes. Yeah. It's always yeah. good, right? <laughs> right. And I just want to throw another little um, reminder to everybody. If you want to show Brianne, Dr. Brianne Daniels, your love as well, a really amazing gift could be to share this podcast with others and to, you know, subscribe, rate, and review, right? Uh, so oh my gosh, that's STEM so women. <laughs> find the podcast. Yes. I would so, love to happy birthday, celebrate Brie. a birthday together with everyone someday. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. So give her a little gifty of, you know, going and sharing the podcast with somebody. Aww, All right, ladies. Thanks. That's so good. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to apply some of these principles to your own life, we are here to help. Get started by following the link in the show notes to download our step-by-step -step video guided workshop to reclaim your time.